Now then, let's go over to Cheltenham. John Duggan is standing by. Good evening. Joe, how are you doing? I'd say you stayed inside for most of today, did you? That weather, huh? Well, I had to get a few interviews, Joe, so we put on the beanie and uh, we made the best of it, you know? Fearless journalism. That's it. And uh, I, I really felt sorry for the jockeys, especially the ones that didn't win, Joe, that they were coming back literally caked literally lathered in mud yeah uh it was it was a tough out there it was an attritional day it really was the story of the day even the commentators trying to identify jockeys going around was, <laughs> yeah, was quite yeah. something because so we'll, we'll we'll pick our way through the day but i suppose the defining underlying point is that the weather changed everything be it tiger roll or uh be it the champion chase for instance and, and shishkin because when willie mullins uh, won the first sir gerhard won the first uh, Mullins said, I think the rain is good for our horses. We felt the ground was good yesterday, maybe a little too good for us. Uh, good, by the way, as in fast. It's proper national hunt weather today anyway. On yesterday's ground, if we had been at home, maybe we mightn't have run. I'm much happier with this. And so the weather uh, transformed the entire race card, really. It did, Joe. It was night and day to yesterday. That Constitution Hill win in the first race yesterday was in a very, very fast time. The rain started about 10 o'clock. So the going then changed to soft and we knew it was soft after Sir Gerhard won. And then after the fourth race, it was heavy. So it was night and day. I've been here 20 years. I've never seen conditions as bad. The rain was relentless. It was just unstoppable and it changed everything, as you said. And Shishkin in that champion chase, Joe, didn't want to know, didn't want to know. And from flagfall, he was not interested. And by the eighth fence, his jockey, Nico de Bonville, correctly pulled him up and that meant that that race turned in on its head you know yes it was very dramatic the champion chase the the one that Willie Mullins had coveted and never managed to uh, win as time had gone on it was dramatic in that in advance in the 20-25 minutes in advance and I'm sure in all the previews that you've been a part of in the weeks and months building up to Ch- Cheltenham the overriding consensus was well how does anyone beat Shishkin can't be beaten and then it was, well, like in the five, ten minutes before the race, God, Shishkin looks great. Ears pricked, ready to go, looking very lively. And, I mean, Nicky Henderson said he knew by the first fence it was not going to be their day uh, out of position. And, it was, it, you know, it, it, it was an incredible thing. And I was wondering, were they, were, like, did they know in advance that Shishkin would not be able to run on this kind of ground or had Shishkin ever gone on this kind of ground before? Why, like, did, did, you, did you suspect, for instance, Nicky Henderson knew this is, this is bad? Because like, with Tiger Roll, everybody knew. It wasn't going to, and we'll come to Tiger Roll. But with Shishkin, was this a, was this, this seemed to be a surprise because even with the weather conditions, I noticed on the, on the TV coverage, they weren't saying, oh, this is disaster for Shishkin. Shishkin had won on heavy ground before. Right. I did tease it out last night, Joe, that that race at Ascot must have left a mark on both Shishkin and Anergaman. And we saw that Anergaman is a tough customer in winning the race. Like there was a race a couple of years ago with Al Tior and Surname, and both horses were never the same after a tough race at Ascot on soft ground. These races leave a mark on horses. And unlike Mr. Ed, who can talk, these horses can't talk, they can't tell you. I think Nicky Henderson was taken by surprise. Like Brayman's game was pulled out of the novice chase by Paul Nichols, the trainer, because he wasn't happy with the ground. And they could have done that with Chishkin, but they obviously felt that he could handle it. But we know very quickly that he couldn't mm. or he didn't want to know. And sometimes he's, something might come out in the wash. They might do some tests. We might find out things in a few days' time that we don't know now. Um, what happened then is the shock and persuade 
unseated Patrick Mullins five out and the race fell into the lap of an Ergerman who got to be fair a very clever ride from Paul Tennant the cork jockey because an Ergerman is generally a front runner and a good jumper and we might have thought he would have used his jumping ability to uh, steal a march on his rivals but he actually held him at the back mm. and and in that ground he was able to then look at the fractions well we can hear now from Paul Tennant then so this is a jockey as you said speaking after that champion chase win Tough going, uh, Brent. When you're winning, though, um, no horses all guts, and um, he deserved that. Was it always your intention to race uh, at the back of the field? Because obviously, at Ascot, you ran run. Yeah, we uh, just changed it up from Ascot. It didn't work for us in Ascot. Uh, different day, different conditions, different race, and um, as it transpired, Nico was obviously never happy on, on Shishkin, and um, we had to change tack halfway. But yeah, we went out with that intention. Did you know that Shishkin was in trouble and attacking for Swat Fallen? Yeah, they were both in front of me. Um, <laughs> that's why I, 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 when Shishkin wasn't going, I to, to get involved myself and uh, I seen Shaq go, so I was happy to keep filling my land Was it the case then of just being patient in that ground? Exactly, in, in that ground especially, rhythm is everything and good jumps. If you miss, it's hard to get going again, but I, I was on an exceptional jumper. Great for the boss, Willie, his first champion chase, and you're one as well. Yeah, every winner here is special. Um, and, you know, it was the one that was eluding him, so it was nice to get it. We, we thought we had a good chance last year, and we were beating this point going home with Shaq. And, and, um, yeah, it's nice to win it this year. And also, he's a great jumper, he's an honest horse, and he deserves it. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Look, he, he wears his heart in his sleeve. He's, um, he deserved that for Ascot. They two horses put in a man's uh, race in Ascot, and uh, it was our day today, but no doubt they'll meet again. And just finally, for your own career, you won a Gold Cup and now a champion chase. These are the races you always want to win. They're the big ones. Um, you know, I was lucky enough for the owner to win a, a stairs hurdle in Penn Hill as well, so uh, maybe we can get a, a champion hurdle some stage. So you'll be following Brighton now, will you? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I need that to the, to the soccer bros. So you mentioned the Brighton, I, Brighton there, John. Yeah. They're the, the owners are from Brighton. Willie Mullins said he was more emotional after this win than he expected. Well, he's got the set now. He's got the all four majors, as it were. So the champion hurdle, champion chase, stairs hurdle and Gold Cup. So he's he got the, everything in the locker. Hmm. So there's nothing else to prove, really. Yeah, Brighton's owner, Tony Bloom, owns uh, an argument. So Tiger Roll, this was going to be the farewell. We played your interview with Michael O'Leary in the news round. Oh, yeah. OK. And he was saying, that's it now. Uh, so it was, you know, it was it was uh, in theory, the fairy, fairy tale ending and a sixth Cheltenham Festival win was the plan. And certainly as soon as the weather hit, nobody was too optimistic of Tiger Roll's chances. Drifted out in the betting to second favourite and gave it a hell of a go, though. He did. He's a great horse. He's won the race three times before the cross-country chase. He was going for a fourth win in it. Won it easily last year. And it was a stable mate, Delta Work. That was the spoiler, the traitor, the whatever word you want to use. Um, party pooper. Uh, who beat him up the straight. And Tiger Roll jumped the last with Davy Russell in front. And there was just almost like groans from everybody when they saw Delta Work taking over from him to, uh, to go clear with Jack Kennedy. And Jack Kennedy did a professional job on Delta Work. If Michael O'Leary, the owner, had not run Tiger Roll, Tiger Roll, if he'd not run Delta Work, rather, Tiger Roll would have won because there was 21 lengths to the third horse. So it, it was a strange one for me. I know they want Delta Work to be the next uh, cross-country star. He's kind of fallen out of love with the traditional jumps game. But uh, there's been a, an unsentimentality uh, about Tiger Roll over the last few years. They've had the chance to run him in the Grand National and bid for 
a hat trick to get equal with Red Rome. They have not taken that opportunity both last year and this year. And now with uh, running Delta work, look, you know, a winner's a winner and, and it's up to them. They pay the bills to have their winners. But from a image point of view, maybe it was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Whereas uh, let's have a shot at romance here. Big time. And racing needs romance. Like we had the perfect romance yesterday with Honey Suckle and Rachel Blackmore. Tiger Roll today would have been equally as, 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 as illuminating a story. And I just found it strange that you're running horses in the same ownership that might beat the horse that everybody wants to win. Because mm. even in O'Leary's clip with you, which, like I said, we played earlier on, he was saying, oh, you know, maybe it would have been the time to let Tiger Roll win. But Jack, the jockey, had to be professional. So we respect that. But it's, it's funny, like almost like a Formula One uh, parallel where the owner might have said, yeah, let's just let Davy through. Yeah, it's well, they couldn't obviously do that. And it was nice to see that both actually came through the winner's enclosure together. Okay. Uh, both, both, both horses. But um, I always feel when I when I think back at Tiger Roll, who won at the festival eight years ago mm. this year, he won his first race as a four year old. Uh, I really wish they'd, they'd run him in the Grand National and, and had a go at it last year and, and this year because yeah. the 12 year olds have won the Grand National and it, it's a pity. So uh, I'll let you throw to this last uh, clip. You can yeah. set the context for us. So the, it, like we said, a treble for Willie Mullins and with Patrick Mullins on board, they won the bumper. Yeah, and Patrick is one of the most interesting people in racing. He, his columns are very good. Uh, I believe he writes them himself and they're, they're always worth a read. And he's just a very personable guy. And Fasal Vega won the bumper and she was the favourite. He was the favourite rather. I say she because it was a Freudian slip because uh, his mother, Quivega, won six times at the festival. This horse was extremely impressive at Leopardstown on a couple of occasions. But with the conditions, everybody was thinking, well, who knows what's going to happen here with this heavy ground. But Fasal Vega delivered in the style of a horse that if he stays well, is going to be a superstar of the future. And I spoke to a, like he was absolutely just completely caked in, in mud, uh, Patrick Mullins. And he was the way Ole Ole's were ringing out in the winner's enclosure with the hammer and trail syndicate. So it was a bit of crack in the winner's enclosure and Patrick was lapping it up. And uh, I suppose it just reflected on him on his win on Flasal Vega afterwards. Patrick Mullins, you're caked in mud, but it's worth it today. It's worth it. Uh, it really is. Um, that was one of the best receptions I've ever got in my career. You know, up there with Faheen in Limerick that day. Um, you know, this fella's mother, Key Vega, has such a following and it, it sets him apart from other horses. It's so unusual for a real good race mare to have a real good race horse out of her. And uh, this makes that all the more special. And I think everyone enjoyed that immensely. The syndicate are a bit of crack, the Hammer and Trail syndicate. They are, Jer and Sean. They're great fun. You know, they had 1,000 stars, obviously, Kivega. But it's been a long time between drinks. And it's a long wait. You know, Kivega's not today or yesterday. Um, so they played the long game and fair play to them. They deserve every bit of the success they got today. What was it like out there? It looks completely mad. Uh, it was wacky racers. I mean, it, bumpers are called bumpers because they're rough anyway. They're like bumper cars. But then having to go around the, um, you know, the patches of false ground meant gaps that were were disappearing and reappearing. Um, I got a I got an average start. Then I was following Paul Townend. He nearly got brought down, um, which knocked us a bit, a bit further back. It was like a pinball machine up past the stands. But every time a gap came, my lad was able to get into it. Even though he's a big horse, he's loads of speed. And then down the back straight, I've just seen Jamie on the outside, and I just said. He's, I'm going to follow him so I pulled back got back outside and followed Jamie um, and he brought me into the race and sure it was it was head to head turning in I didn't know had I enough to beat him but when I really went for my fella he just found that extra gear like those good horses do a great day for the yard a champion chase win an argument and also Sir Gerhard as well 
It was. I mean, look, the Time and Chase was the race that was missing on Willie's CV, and you saw how much it meant to him. Um, so that was very special. Um, look, from a personal point of view, it was disappointing. Shaq and Bersois, I, I don't know why he did what he did. He should have jumped. He just put down, landed, stumbled. I've come off him. Um, one of those things, the horse is all right. It's disappointing, but for Paul to come and win was brilliant. Um, his plan was to follow Shishkin, and obviously Shishkin wasn't going. Um, so then he had to go to plan B, and then when he saw me come, I think he probably had a very enjoyable last mile, I'd say. Looking forward to tomorrow. You've got Classical Dream in the stairs. Yeah, look, I'm a massive fan of Classical Dream. Um, the start will be very interesting because it's right in front of all the grandstands. And a new start here, you know, the atmosphere has seeped into these horses. Obviously, Florian Porter is tricky, Paisley Park is tricky, Classical Dream is tricky. So the start will be fascinating. I think, though, our fellow will behave himself. Um, he won the Supreme here with a crowd. Florian Porter won here last year when there was no crowd. So that's a question mark for him. Um, I'm a big fan of Classical Dream, and I think it's a huge price. And just to finish, Alp Album Photos chance now on Friday. It dries up very quickly. I'm not sure there's a whole lot due between here and then. Um, and obviously they wouldn't have watered the new course, I think. So it'll probably dry up a good bit, but definitely it doesn't harm them. Go and have a well-deserved shower now, Patrick, and enjoy your evening. Thanks very much. There we are. Patrick Mullins, chant to John. John, we are out of time. You're back in AM tomorrow looking ahead to day three. Yeah, uh, we got the stairs hurdle and it's going to be very competitive and five Irish horses at the 10. We've got Gallop and Deschamps against Bob Ollinger in the first. That'll be an absolutely brilliant match and Alaho in the Ryanair chase is the favourite. So there'll be more Irish winners than the eight we've had, Joe, over the first two days. Very good. John Duggan, uh, Cheltenham.